From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour number three. Here we are, the Big and Wild Outdoors on this beautiful Saturday morning. Thank you so much for joining us, <clears throat> tuning in to the show, and for all you out there uh, brave enough to call the show and give us an update on the guy who used to be at Jersey Jim Towers. Uh, listen, if you're going to go out and play around today, we did have some uh, rain over here in the West Coast over on Pinellas County this morning, but mostly cloudy this morning, and it's going to move away, then it's going to be partly sunny. Highs in the upper uh, 70s, east wind at around uh, 5 to 10 miles an hour. Ghosts, they say, up to around 20. It didn't feel like 88% relative humidity out there this morning, but I guess that that could probably go up. And it looks like we may have a little bit of a change coming in on Sunday. It might be a little bit cooler, and but next week is going to be uh, pretty nice. 64s, mid-lower uh, 70s for the rest of the week. So Bill George did his thing. He brought back not he didn't bring me any goose back. He didn't bring me any porcupine back, but at least he brought some cooler weather back. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Bill. Not a problem. Thank you, buddy. And and the snow was not quite as thick as it was earlier in the week, but I have brought back coolers of snow in years past. Did you uh did you when you got there you were singing, Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Did you do that? No, it wasn't frightful. It was beautiful the first couple days. Beautiful. We hauled the warm weather up with us. Talk about nice warm T shirt kind of sit out in the woods. That only lasted for about four days. Uh two. Yeah, and then uh, and then you were in uh, two and a half. Then feet a day of, snow. of rain, and then yeah, blizzard. And now they're experiencing it again out in the Midwest. I saw that it's uh, going to be snowy all over the place out there. Now, on the phones this morning, uh, some guy called in here. I guess what you want to brag about your uh, Cuban redneck uh, promo code, or what's the deal, Carlos? Shut up, Brandon. No, Shut okay, up. all right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. So, uh, anyway, Carlos uh, called in just to say shut up, and we yeah. appreciate his call. Carlos, how those socks work for you this year up in the right, right north? Oh, that's right. I hung up on him. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, he's not there on the phone. No, you didn't hang up on him, did you? Yeah. Tell me to shut up on my own show. What the hell? Do you think I'm going to sit here and take that kind of abuse? I don't think so. Maybe we'll give him a hit a little timeout room. Are you Are you back? Are you going to be more friendly now? Yeah, I'm in a better mood. I'm in a better mood. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, sure you are. How'd those socks work out in your PA trip this year? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I... I you know, you guys know I was a rep before, and, and when I find something good, I stick with it. Braden mentioned it, you know, Altera and Thermosel. I won't rep, you know, like I won't be, they can't be my sponsor if the product doesn't work. I don't just take sponsorships. I've turned down many over the years. I had a few good ones that I don't have anymore, but Altera and Thermosel, you know, what can I say? You know, you that that those items are worth every penny that you pay for them. It's not a thing to make any money or anything like that. It's the actual truth. And I always tell people, 
if you're spending two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars on a pair of, of boots, spend less than twenty bucks on a pair of good socks to complement those boots, like you guys mentioned. That that's the key, man. Well, that's you know, the key. I think that uh, Glenn, uh, he during the break, he he texted me and uh, he said. It's one of those things where you don't know what you got until it's gone, you know, kind of deal. Uh, you, if you get used to them and once you buy a good pair of socks like the Alteras, uh, Glenn said he wears his every time he's got his hunting boots on, but he was bummed that he he forgot his on his last trip up to Georgia. And he said it's like forgetting your thermosel when you're in the swamp. Once you get used to it and you know that that's how you're supposed to feel, uh, you know, all of a sudden you get there and you're like, dang it, man, I forgot my, my socks. <laughs> it's not going to be yeah, good. Man. I've, I've easily given over 150 pair the years that I was a rep because I would carry samples. And, you know, the thing with, like you were saying, the colors of the socks, it just depends on the yarn, you know, the Altera, um, that he gets, you know, and that sometimes that dictates what the color of the socks are going to be, it's yeah. you know what I mean, or the dyes that they use at the time, right? But so but is it I is it kind of like, like is it kind of like generations of Glock? So if I have green socks, you know they were five years ago or seven years ago, and they haven't yeah, got them possibly, since? possibly. And let me tell you, there's a pair that not a lot of people know about. I've given, I think, I, I think I gave my buddy Bill George a pair and his father. Um, I think I gave a pair to Chuck Etchanique. The ones that I prefer when I'm hunting are the knee-high socks. They're actually for, like, trout fishermen um, in those cold um, streams, mountain streams, and also for duck hunters. So I wear them under my waders. When I went to Argentina, they went with me. When I went to Mexico, those I have a couple of pair. You know, they cost a little bit more because they go up to your knees, but I also wore those when I did shows, and I'm on concrete or, you know, all day because they keep your calves tight. So hiking, I mean, they're, they're absolutely amazing. Um, I wear those socks. They're under 30 bucks. But if you're a hiker, if you're, you know, anything to do with the outdoors, hunting, um, even fishing, you're trekking, any, anything like that, those are the socks you want to wear. Yeah. And then the other socks, like Bill said, I wear those every day, you know, to work. I really do. Yeah. You know? Well, so, I, I look at it up. I know I have uh, at least one pair of the Prevails. I know that. I do have those. Uh, those are the ones I wore out last time when I went out with uh, without Bill, <clears throat> and then before that I have the heavyweights, but I think they're but, they're well that, green. They're, but I well turn around. It, that in itself, that in itself is a good endorsement because Braden, as we all know, and Mike mentioned it, you don't wear socks hardly ever. You when, but when you have to wear socks, they're all terra. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't guy, put cotton ones on my feet if I'm going to go hunting all day. All right, Carlos, I equated you to like the, the little drug dealer. You you hand out a pair of socks and then you get somebody hooked and then they gotta go buy a couple more pairs. That's right. <laughs> well I gotta get I gotta get the number two host, which is Mike. I yeah. gotta get him a pair of socks. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not pair. the number two. He's the number No, he took over he, I, hey, I'm saying it right now on the radio waves. He took over the number two spot from Vince. Oh, oh. No, no, is that he, what it is? He, he's the I'm number one. You're I'm the not, number oh. one, but he's yeah. he's the number one. He's the best looking. I'm the oh, prettiest. He's, he's the prettiest. He claims. I, so yeah, I, 
I don't I don't know about that because I don't put eyelashes on. Like, I got nothing. <laughs> hey, at least All I right. pay to have them put on. I don't do it myself. <laughs> that is true. It's you done gotta, by a professional. It looks good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I, I, I got to see this Adonis. I got to see him. You may, <laughs> you may have to come in, Carlos, next week to uh, defend your title. Oh, I don't have to defend it, bro. It's undisputed. It's, it's in the record book. I've been, I've, I've been doing that show for seven or eight years, man. I was one of the first people. I've, I've outlasted. I'm the only one that can deal with Braden, I think. That's what the thing is. <laughs> Probably. That's true. I got put on hold. I'm wearing down Michael uh, slowly but surely. I think yeah, we're going to lose him here pretty yeah. soon. I'm out next week. Yeah. <laughs> You're back That's in, number one. Point. Take yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, he's so. he's gonna he's gonna go play out in the woods. Are you going out next week to go hunting? Is that what you're doing? Or are you just... Omasasa. Oh yeah. See, once you got the new playground, yeah, we're we're second fiddle now. Sorry guys. Yeah. Oh, man. Carlos, <laughs> thanks for calling. We gotta take a break, man. Good what you, do what you gotta do. All right, bro. Be good, guys. Get take your care. chores done. Let's go out and play somewhere. All right, that's what I'm doing. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Later. Later. Remember, uh, you got to use his moniker to get 20% off. If you go to our Facebook page, there's a link to uh, AlteraAlpaca.com. You use uh, Carlos's nickname, Cuban Redneck, and you'll get 20% off. And (laughs) make somebody happy. And go, hey, this is a gift from the Cuban Redneck. And they'll be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Without him, I wouldn't have bought these. Yeah. It'll be a uh, weird Christmas conversation at dinner, I think. All right, we're going to take a break. It is a big and wild outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Go see him today. Holiday savings going on for you, you, and you, and especially you. And we'll be back. Conversations during break. Yeah, it is a big, it's a big wild outdoors. Braden, Mike, and uh, Bill, and of course Diego's here. Uh, we're all here in the uh, Beasley Empire, broadcasting live, having a good old time in here, talking with some folks on the phone. Remember, if you ever want to call us and give us a double handful, it's okay. Well, eight 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 four zero four ten ten triple eight four zero four a ten a ten. Well, it's pretty easy. How many uh, turkey permits did you get? For this spring gobbler season, you asking me? You know, yeah. I, I don't. I don't apply for turkey permits. Yeah. Mike, you you apply? You do, but I don't. Uh, I don't no. need them. I just go out and shoot them. Where do you go? Green Swamp. The first two days, you need a permit in Green Swamp. You only need it if you get caught. You do. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't endorse that at all. Anyway, it's not yeah. what we uh, we advocate there at all. But, uh, no, I, I was lucky. I put in for some special ops. I ended up uh, with, like, uh, 
was it four or five special opportunity hunts? If I I did pretty good on the draw last year, but I actually failed to claim them in the allotted time. Okay, and this is the sad part. I don't have to pay for these special op permits. They're normally hundred to hundred and seventy five dollars a piece. I don't have to pay for those because of my lifetime license and when I bought it. All I had to do is claim them. And if I claim them online, they want to charge me like two dollars and something a piece for for to claim these permits. But if I go to a Walmart or a tax collector's, I don't pay anything. And then I never made it to Walmart or the tax collector's office. So last year I let a couple hundred dollars worth of permits go. Well, this year I'm bound and determined I'm going to go over there and get those permits printed out pretty quick. <laughs> you know, but I found that I, I was lucky enough to get drawn for a number of Green Swamp West permits as well as uh, in the regular quota, Richland, which is the first nine days. So at least I know I have some place that I'll be turkey hunting. Yeah, well, you know, I'm uh – you're a, you're a turkey guy. I'm I've never, I mean I I'm just I don't have the thrill of turkey. It's more hunting. challenging. No, not necessarily. I, not for me. I never seemed to have that kind of a problem. The only one that was uh, the challenging part was uh, I think the last one that I shot with uh, David up in up around Brooksville, and it was because it was, took this fool about two hours to walk around a, a hedge to get over where I could shoot him, and that was about it. But um, you know I don't know. Some people have it, you know, for turkeys. I know Steve, you know, Austin's that way. He's gaga for, for turkey hunting. He just he lives for it. I know you do as well. But for me, turkeys are just like any, anything else. I'd rather, in all honesty, I'm one of those. Maybe it's because it was the way I was raised. But I'd rather spend a day out kicking around out in the woods shooting a bunch of squirrels than uh, sitting around there all day going beep, 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 all day and uh, waiting for a turkey to come down. And if I see one across the field in the state of Florida – you know, you just whip out the, uh, you know, the twenty-two Hornet or whatever it is, or the four ten Slug, and let him have it. Yeah. Wow, done deal. That was tough. Well, I came back. I came back from my PA trip to a package being on the kitchen counter, and I turn around, I opened it up because it's like, wh- who's this from? Well, it was from Dave Owens uh, from the Penhati Penhati Project, Penhoti or whatever project. Uh, big big turkey hunting guy he turned around sent me a a little mug and thanks for sharing some time with him up in pennsylvania turkey hunting so very nice real nice well i know that uh it's fun i like it i mean i'm not saying i don't live for it is what i'm saying i'm just not one of those you know like oh it's only two more months till turkey season well that's bill it's big for me (laughs) yeah i know it is for you for me but it's it's not just the turkey hunt i i enjoy the turkey hunt it's camp. It's you, camp for me is, is that's that Pennsylvania in you. Yeah, it's it's bred it, in there. You is. can't help it. It's you it know is. deer camp. You're turkey a loner. Camp. You're you're the sniper out there by himself. You well, know. I, that's, I I like to hunt that way. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm the Aborigine tribe. You get together. You you know, <laughs> dance around the fire <laughs> naked. What was the deal? I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I it's you know what it is it's everybody's forte whatever they is out in the woods there's some people who really don't get a kick out of of hunting deer they yeah. feel the same way but you know you get them behind a, a pack of dogs out there to go Chasing catch hogs, hogs at night they will do it every single day till they're 90 and, years and old and that's that's the thing I hear all these deer hunters complain that the the hog dog hunters came in and they 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 
turned around and killed all the deer before they had a chance to come in there. And it's like, listen, there ain't any hardcore dog hunters I know chasing pigs around who care much about that buck, yeah. you know? Not at night. They, nope. they don't care. I mean, they may take a look at it and go, wow, that's a nice buck or whatever, but when those dogs are over there in a corner somewhere, you're like, I got to go over here. Yeah. I ain't got time for that. That's you know? pure happiness when them dogs go nuts. But. It is. And, I mean, there's some people who, you know, uh, uh, Jay, our old boss here at the radio station, we took him out on a couple of deer hunts, hated every minute of it. Couldn't stand it, didn't like it, didn't do nothing, didn't want no part of it. But put an over and under in his hand and a dog and some quail, he'll stay out there till uh, you know, till the till it's dark. Yeah. I mean he'd keep quail hunt till the cows come home. It's just in what you like and your forte and what you gotta do. You know, uh, uh that's why I've never tried to um put something that I love uh, with a passion or anything onto my kids because they're all going to find their own way. And what I find entertaining, uh, you know, it took me a while to get back into brim fishing and all that stuff because my dad was so hardcore at it and it was thunderstorms, rain things, uh, freezing cold. I mean, you know, no sandwiches, starving to death, and you're a miserable kid in the bottom of that boat. Well, well for me, I like like to introduce people to my passions and the things I like. Sure. They're either going to like them or they're not. You know, so yeah, and that and that goes for anything. Uh, one of the most important things that Bill brought up this uh, during the first hour, we need to talk about again, and we brought it up a little bit with Gino. But uh, coming up on uh, uh, the 16th and 17th, I think it is. That's next week, correct? Uh, um, so uh, it's going to have the virtual meeting, and uh, regardless of what it is. You should put in your two cents worth if and, it's if it's snook in the bay or and this is bears this in the is another virtual meeting. It, they were going to really try to have an in person meeting, and now it's virtual again um, due to the uptick of the number of COVID ta- cases. But regardless of what you think or feel, there's you actually have time to speak where it's recorded, where it's documented. It's for, you know, it's going to be on the Florida channel for you to go back and listen to. You have the ability to comment on the rules and regulations that they're proposing or thinking about. Um, if you if you are a guy who has something and have a lot of negative interactions with sharks, well, guess what? They're going to be talking about sharks on the 16th. And you're going to have the ability to say, hey, listen, we, we we need to turn around and do a little bit something. You could also turn around and put the other predator in there, which is the Goliath grouper. When you're talking about your sharks, slip that on in there. Um, and how we, we need to have at least a limited take on that, as well as uh, there's public comments on the 17th for anything that's not on the agenda. If you go to myfwc.com at the bottom, it's commission meetings. You can see the agenda. And they're going to work through that agenda as it goes. It's streamed on the Florida channel. They also have a, a, a like an Adobe Connect, you know, stream that they do. But you can listen to it. You can listen to it on your smartphone via the Florida channel as you're going along during your day. You can just have it on there. And then when there's an opportunity to call in, they'll give you a telephone number and a conference code number. You put that in there. You could comment. So if you think we need to be able to keep some of these trout and redfish, Call them up and tell them, hey, 
we're not hurting here. We're, we're, we're very abundant, and we need to have that executive order lifted. Go ahead and call them. If you think you need to keep it in for, and that you like just seeing a bunch of people, you know, catching a whole bunch of fish and having to release them, call in and tell them that. But the if you don't, I, all I hear, and the reason why I got so involved so many years ago, is all I did was listen to people complain. But when they had an opportunity to do something, they don't do anything. And now it's pretty easy to be able to do a that. A virtual thing. All you have to do is make a telephone call. Well, yep. I talked about the Goliath tag on my last call. You talk about what you want, what bothers you about it, throw it out there. It's your three minutes. It bothers me that I can't uh, dove hunt along US-19 anymore. You can. <laughs> I just I'll get in trouble. Get off the right away. Well, I'll get in trouble. I can't do it. <laughs> I wonder just, if I can still go just, out to Feather Sound if, because if you, uh, it's if still you go fast enough, you can catch them as they lie in. Oh, Put some is? gravel in the road. Yeah. yeah. I guess I could snare them. I guess you could uh, set up some snares or some netting or a box Bo- trap bo- and do it that trap, way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's legal. That's all good during dove season. <laughs> just have to go with the same limit. <laughs> I wonder what the box track limit is on that dub. <laughs> it's a lot harder, but a lot more satisfying. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're going to take a quick one. We'll be right back. Everybody, it is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and hanging out with us a little bit. We appreciate all the uh, phone calls from everybody this morning and all that kind of good stuff. Let me go down through the uh, the the breakdown a little bit. We were talking about the uh, the virtual meeting that's happening on the 16th and 17th. Bill George is correct; it is open to the uh, public. The Florida Channel will be broadcasting the live video coverage at floridachannel.org, so I guess you can go and, and uh, look at it online as well. Participating uh, Participants who are watching it via the Florida Channel can utilize the telephone conference line to uh, call in for their public comments, and they're saying that we would like uh, the public input on just about anything. So they'll be there uh, taking notes and all that kind of good stuff, but as Bill George also pointed out, there will also be a agenda on some of the things that they would like to be able to cover so that they can, uh, uh, you know, stay on track a little bit so that people aren't uh, one minute screaming and yelling about feral cats in their neighborhood and what are we going to do about the coyotes that are downtown and, you know, all those kinds of crazy things like that. they got to have some semblance of order kind of deal. So there are some uh, rules and all the other stuff like that, but one of the things that they're going to be talking about is the uh, the final rule on flounder, the stock status update that's been completed by the FWC's uh, Research Institute, found that the uh, Florida fishery in the Atlantic coast of Florida is likely overfished and undergoing overfishing, 
and that has a great general decline in the fishery over the recent years. Staff will, re, uh, will present proposed final rules and update statewide management of the commercial and regu- uh, recreational flounder fishery, including, which, again, as Bill likes to point out, there's a problem over on the East Coast, so let's just go ahead and do it for the whole but state. You, you didn't say you didn't say there is overfishing. You say there's likely overfishing. That's what they said, we, likely we, we, overfishing. We did a study. But it's likely that this might be occurring. Yeah. We don't know for sure, but you know, from what we've seen in the area that we are, likely overfishing Listen, is the culprit. I, I, yeah. At some point, I think if we we all of a sudden didn't have enough mosquitoes out there, that they would put a ban on bug zappers <laughs> and everything else so that you don't accidentally kill. And we need to get the number of mosquitoes up to what the the normal level of mosquitoes is. You know, and... and Listen, are we sustainable? Yes, no. Can we keep moving on? Yes, no. Do we need to reduce a little bit? Maybe on some things. But but now what always gets me is like this says, the Atlantic coast of Florida. We're on the Gulf Coast but of Florida. But we only have one uh, we only have one flounder fisheries in the state of Florida. So when they make this ruling to protect the fisheries over in the Atlantic side, uh, that's likely because of overfishing. Now what they say is they're going to update statewide management of the commercial and recreational foundry, uh, flounder fishery. Uh, and so what that's going to be is including or extending all FWC flounder regulations into federal waters, increasing the minimum size to 14 inches, recreational and commercial, decrease the recreational daily, uh, daily bag limit to five fish per person, Establishing an October 15th through November 30th recreational closer. You know, when the water is cool, crystal clear, and you have northern cold fronts that push all the water out of the Gulf so that if you're a gigger gigger out there, it's easier to get them. Giggers are going with jiggers out. So uh, the giggers, uh, they go out there uh, during those winter months when they flounder in and they're in shallow water and it's crystal clear and you can see them perfectly they're going to take that away and establish a seasonal commercial trip and vessel limit to allow a uh, gear of 150 fish except through October 15th and November 30th and 50 fish from October 15th and November 30th. That's for commercial people. So they're going to make their numbers reduce as well. Um, modify the incidental bycatch limit for non-allowable gear to 50 fish. And creating a federal waters trawl by catch limit of 150 fish, except from October 15th and November 30th, and 50 from the same from the same time. So that's what they're thinking about, just for the flounder alone. Well, it's going it's going to final, so it'll pass. It'll pass the way it is. Another so no, because nobody will say anything. No, I didn't see any mention of getting rid of the giggers. Is that true, or no, is that just, no, okay? No, that, yeah. But it is true that it's in the time frame where most people go out and do that kind of stuff. When you have the time from October, November, when, like I said, water's clear, everything's cool. It's always calm at night. There's no big, huge breezes. Once the cold fronts push through, push all the water out of Tampa Bay, you can get out a little farther, get out on those sandbars a lot farther away from shore. Those kinds of things like that, that's going to be going away. They're just putting a lockdown on everything, but uh, again, but but we all have our say. Again, you all have everybody have has a say, and and I don't. I mean, different people have different experiences. Okay, I'm not an expert in flounder. Okay, but 
I turn around, I listen to the words a lot. A lot. When they come into me and they say, here's my SPR. If, if you go back a number of years ago, they did a, a whole thing on training the new commissioners on how we manage fisheries. And a lot has to do with SPR, and, and that is the reproductive ability of the fishery to sustain itself and how much above that SPR our management goals are. And when you say, here's our management goal, and we're, we're so far above that management goal, and then you put a restriction on me, I have a problem because we're above the management goal, okay? But if, if we're truly in hurts, I'm the first one to sit there and say, yeah, we need, we need to do a reduction or something. I'm not for closures. I'm not for complete closure. But instead of, you know, us right now of not being able to keep any trout or any redfish or any snook, maybe the bag limit would have been reduced but still allow somebody to go out there and get dinner. Right. Okay, there's people who just want to take some fish home to eat. They're not looking to take 100 fish. They're not paying somebody to go out there and catch 100 fish in a day, okay? They just want to go get dinner. Yeah, or at least, you know, one decent one. And they don't want to eat sail cats. And, and, you know, I love it when, uh, you know, Bill would always say that when they're like, well, if you're not happy with the bait, go somewhere else and and catch them. Go go outside of the the closure area. But then you have to deal with, like, oh, oh, I don't know, starting December 15th, you can't go over on the Atlantic side and catch snook anymore for uh, eating or keeping because their season's going to be closed. So it's but yet uh, they're still selling snook stamps. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're selling the crud out of them. And and for those who bought a lifetime license or something else that included the snook stamp, you don't end up getting a discount because they closed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's one of those things where uh, you got to pay attention to what's going on. You're like. Well, are they going to close it here? Oh, that's okay. I'll just go somewhere. No, it's closed over there, too. Well, yeah. my thing is, is they need to offset all these closures so that, you know, okay, yeah, I can keep a red this month. Well, keep a trout next month. You know, and so on. But it's like this year, they went in and just. Uh, well, you can keep no, sheep's head. You can keep a. Uh, 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 cat. Sail cat. You can keep uh, some. Some uh, mangrove snapper. No, it, it, you can it, go it, offshore. You can, you know, there's there's if, plenty if of you're opportunities. If you're in the bay and you catch some mahi mahi, you're all good. Yeah, in the bay. Hey, <laughs> they're not prohibiting you from catching a mahi mahi in the bay. There are none in the bay. But they're not prohibiting it. Oh gosh, they're available to you. So okay. bluefin tuna over off the Gandy Bridge is perfectly still not legal. Not a problem. <laughs> I think we got. I think we got undercover FWC in here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that. I, I understand that. But it's one of those things where uh, listen, it's kind of like Bill does do. That. I you know, he puts that this. salt in the wound. And it's like, well, I can't catch snook, but you can get sheep's head. Yeah, exactly. well, I can't catch red. Well, you can get sail cats. Well, I, I can't go keep a trout. But you could go get uh, 50 ladyfish if you wanted them. I mean, uh, yeah, there's still fishing opportunities. Yes. Uh, you know, there's still time People to go People fish for more than recreation. That is true. Okay? They fish for more than recreation. But I will tell you this, and I say it often. Certain groups are very organized, very vocal, and they will turn around and be there to continue to support closures, whether or not... It, it, whether or not it's anti-hunter type like people not wanting you to bear hunt or certain social groups that don't want any catching of snook and redfish and trout in the Tampa Bay area. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, what did, what were the title that Vince used for them at one point weekend warriors? Yep. Oh no. 
those are just the weekend warriors. Well, those weekend warriors have the right to go get some fish. Well, and the other thing is, is I don't think a lot of uh, our listeners or maybe even society as a whole even knows this, but, you know, there are exemptions from uh, fishing licenses. Uh, you know, you do have, if you're a certain age or under a certain age, you know, you don't have to have one or, you know, if you're over 65, you don't need them. But also in this time, I, I just saw this story and it, it just it went hand in hand with my day yesterday. I saw a story that shoplifting is on the rise ever since the COVID thing has really been really oh, hammering yeah. businesses and stuff. Shoplifting has gone through the roof, but not shoplifting is what you just thought of. You know, electronics or phones or any of that stuff. Food. Food is the number one shoplifted item now since this COVID thing has happened. Grocery stores, people leaving, walking out with full carts of, you know, of food. They can't find food. And then a guy asked me the other day, he says, hey, um, do I have to have a fishing license to, uh, to, to go fish in saltwater or whatever? And I said, well, how old are you? And he said, well, I'm, I'm only 50 years old. I said, well, yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to buy one. I said, but, you know, there are some exemptions for it. Are you disabled or anything? He goes, no. And I said, he said, but I am on food stamps. And I just want to go catch some fish so that I can have some meat and stuff in the house. I said, well, guess what? You're exempt. You would be exempt from that. You'd be able to, if you can show that, if you can show them your EBT or whatever it is, card or whatever it is that, that you have proof of that, then uh, you can go out I and catch fish. I did not realize that was an exemption. I didn't know it either. Yeah, there are certain exemptions for people who cannot buy food. There's a, there's exemptions for that kind of stuff. And that's what I'm saying. If, if a guy hauled in a 30-inch snook and uh, was bringing it in and put it in a cooler or dragging it up to his bicycle or whatever it is that he got there with, and FWC goes up there and says, maybe you can't keep that. You know, if it's within the slot or whatever what it is. What does he say? Take my fishing license away? It can't do anything. Take the EBT. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, let me swipe this in there. You can do it that way. Let the government pay for it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden, Bill, and uh, Mike is here in the house along with Diego, the masked warrior behind the glass. Uh, just so you know, Bill George and uh, Mike, since you did not know, I uh, did find the uh, the proper paragraph for uh, to back up my argument or my uh, truth. Fishing from land or a structure fixed to land. And have been determined eligible for food stamps, temporary cash assistance, or a Medicaid program by the Department of Children and Families. You are exempt. So you can go out and catch some fish and go out there and have some fun and get yourself something to eat. Now, does that mean that you could go out and catch reds or a snook or trout or anything like that? Probably not. 
But uh, it does mean that you don't have to have a license to go get uh, a couple of mullet or sheep's head or, you know, maybe a couple of mangrove snapper or maybe a couple of flounder and uh, go home and eat. But I agree with what you said. I mean, if FWC came up and you're hungry and you're eating that fish and that's all you got. I mean, if that's it and that's all you got and you got on a grill or something like that, I don't know too many officers that are going to kick over the fire and go, put your hands behind your back, keep your hands where I can see them. Right. I, I, my, you know, most of the time they're pretty, they're, uh, they're pretty negotiable when it comes to uh, things like that. <laughs> Sometimes if you start off with a lie, usually it goes downhill pretty quick. Yeah. If you start off with the truth. I don't know how that fish got there. Ain't mine. Because they've been watching you for the past 30 minutes. (laughs) And you start off with a lie. I didn't touch that fishing pole. I wasn't touching it. So that wasn't you that I saw reel in those three uh, trout and two snook and uh, put the two of them in the cooler. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to approach you unless they know what they're talking about. So that's why I will say this. There's usually not too much assumption going on when when they've been watching you for a while for a while and, and they do oh but yeah they do. binoculars they, they they turn around whether or not it's gator hunting or anything else they they a lot of times will watch from afar they know who's participating and who's not participating and all that stuff long before they go up there and and boom yeah no i'm not drinking i, I mean they're they're drinking beers but i haven't touched any so those two Budweisers you were holding your hand it, and sucking down while you were driving, those weren't yours? It, it's funny because uh, uh, up in Pennsylvania, people people use those radios to talk and and this and that. They come find you on the hill, and they turn around and say, hey, which one are you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they still allowed in Pennsylvania? Can you use two-way you can communication? You use radios to communicate, but you cannot alert anybody else to the presence of game. Yeah, now that was the same rule that they had in Missouri, which I thought was kind of ludicrous because I'm like, dude, don't they know we all have cell phones now? Yeah. And they know where you are. You're like, Bill, two does coming up on your right side down the fence no, no, line. No. Beeps in. You can't say anything about the presence of game. But, hey, I'm sending somebody over the hill, and he has two ham sandwiches, one with a bit of cheese on it. <laughs> that That's not telling anybody anything about game. Now, what's really <laughs> funny is out there, you know, they would have a base station. Yeah. Usually where, you know, we're all sleeping or whatever, and you'd have a big one. And we always have the one guy who stays back. Usually it would be like uh, – uh, the guy you know, who shot his buck. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's dad would usually, you know, hang, would hunt the hill. He would stay there around camp, and he would just hunt around there, shoot a doe, a uh, buck every once in a while. But you know, he was never empty-handed. He's like, ah, I'm just going to stay around camp. So he was always by the radio, and we had little, you know, little radios, and uh, they had the same thing where it was like, you cannot, you know, this is like for emergency purposes, and this that, and the other thing, or are you coming back, or I need some help, or. Uh, you know, I shot a big buck. I need you to help me come find it or help me load it or whatever. So when I got there, I also got the uh, I got the code talk. I got the Navajo code talk while I was there. It was like, remember now, coffee, <laughs> okay, coffee is, you know, just straight up one thing. Coffee with cream is another thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was one that's of, a that's a ham sandwich uh, with cheese. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like it's like every state has their own code. I'm sending some coffee down to you, and oh, some of it has creamer in it. But yeah. now here's the funny thing. Same thing. 
those guys, they would ride around out there, those fishing game guys, and they have scanners. And they, you know, oh, yeah. and when they hear that thing key up, it's like, you know, hey, uh, uh, John, I got a couple of uh, cups of coffee here for you. They're, you uh, got some, I put cream in both. Do you want me to come up on the west side of the fence or you want me to come up the back trail? You know, and usually the first thing you say is where they're coming up through, you know. And they would learn those codes. They're like, we know what the hell. We know what you guys are doing. <laughs> Who's got the coffee? I'd like to have a cup so of that. So when they would swing into Rodney's where we were hunting and stuff, they'd always do that thing and go, uh, how was that coffee this morning you guys were drinking or something like that? And you're like, man, these guys know everything. It's, it's not like your dad. You think, you, you know, yeah, I got that one over on my dad. So uh, that thing that happened in school the other yeah. day. What? How did what you? Uh, you're evil. No, I, you're a I warlock. Have a, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the officers out there. You know, they're out there protecting our resource. Um, I joke with them, you know, because everybody wants to know their opinions on certain things. It is not their their place to give their opinions in their position. It's there to do the will of the commission, you know, and I, and I, I see that a lot, you know. Um, well, I know that we... Even if we talk to FWC officers that we know, mm-hmm. and we'll say, what do you think about that? And they, they may get your personal, but if it's something that's law-related or something like that, in most cases, they'll either refer you to um, uh, somebody else within the department, or they'll say, let me talk to my lieutenant, let me see what I can do, and let me see if I can figure out what it is. Yeah, right now, it, and then, it, it is. there's very few people. That agency has gotten very, very tight on who have. can talk to any type of you know media or anything else it's it's just incredible well i think they're doing that for uh, self-protection type things so that nothing comes back on somebody uh the way that law enforcement is being treated around the country in a, a lot of different ways you say something uh a little snarky that may offend somebody else somewhere else some way then all of a sudden they're plastered all over the television set uh, you know, because this guy told me that it's it's all good. You know, I mean, and we joke about it here every once in a while on the show. But uh, you know, that's that we've we've got complaint calls before. We've gotten some email things over things that we've said before that people took out of context or whatever and thought we meant something else by something else. And uh, I still have emails. I kept them for posterity. Was when we were talking about. Uh, a YouTube video where somebody put some duct tape on a cat's paws and the way it was walking across the floor. I mean, dude, it turned into a full-blown, you know, we're going to get you fired. We're, we're going to get your show thrown out of here. I'm calling all your sponsors. I mean, it, it was like, what, dude? Seriously? I mean, you know, back up. Because the one thing that somebody that, thought that they heard. That was before my time. Oh, yeah, that was way before your time. Yeah, I was over on another radio station in between the, in the break, I should say. Between that building, this building, and this building. So it was all good. So, yeah, for us even to call our FWC guys anymore, they're all like him and well, hawing. Uh, I, I want to give you something to think about before Mike comes back again. I learned something about him. He he used to, uh, to deal in wildlife control, animal control, and going and getting critters out of people's homes and everything else. So he's got some raccoon bites on he, places that uh, he's he don't want to talk about. All kinds of stories. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Where were you last? He he was not involved in getting Elvis. Do you remember Elvis? Elvis was the cobra that was loose in New in, Tampa. In, yeah. in, in some place. It was they, in Polk County, wasn't it? There was one behind in New the Tampa. wash machine. Yeah, an apartment complex. Yeah. 
I got that call. Were you on Elvis? I got a call for it. There was all they called everybody. Well, there was an old. There was that one that the old lady found in her uh, washroom. Yep. Yeah. 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 I remember that one. You know. Yeah. So you got bat stories and uh, any of that kind Possums, of stuff. Possums, bats. Uh, Did you I've, hear the show last week? No. You didn't hear my story? Uh-uh. Three o'clock in the morning, I have my windows open. My kids hate me because I have the house uh, opened up. And I had uh, the battle royale between two uh, bull possums underneath my window at 3 a.m. <laughs> I hear that what woke me up was this giant thud against against my house. So I'm literally like uh, doing the weep and creep with the Glock, you know, up to the window. Here we go. Getting ready to make a lot of statements to police officers. And all of a sudden, these two are just like, I mean, they're just going to town. And uh, they did a couple of grapples and then releases. And one, you know, finally just went, you know, like, hey, I see you around the block. But at 3 a.m., I was like, what in the I used to get calls for armadillos out in Fishhawk. So I'd go out and armadillos. get them. Wait, wait. I got the calls. And this lady's like, I- I'm glad you're here. I said, finally, I said, listen, you live where they're just going to be back tomorrow. Whatever yeah. I take today, three will be here tomorrow. Sure. I don't care. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> and what do you need to do with them? Go just release them somewhere else or make them half shells? Uh, you have to kill them on the premises or find a re- uh, rehabilitation center for them. To relocate armadillos? You can't just take it and drop it off somewhere. You can't. It's a non-native no, species. Against, you no, can't. no, no. It's just that you can't put it somewhere else that it can start to be, be a It's a non-native species, else. so you just whack no, it. No, just it anything. Here. You can't just go. Yeah, anything. They, these people who catch, oh, I got a, 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 a possum or a raccoon, and I'm going to take it and dump it in the park. You can't just do that. Well, you got to remember that um, there. If you go down there at night nowadays, it's not as bad as it was, or maybe I don't know because we have to get out of there by ten. But Fort DeSoto was the place where everybody who caught a raccoon in their yard or over in a subdivision or somewhere where they have a hard trap would take it down, you know, to the wild blue oh, yonders yeah. of Fort yeah. DeSoto. It's against the law. Uh, against Fort uh, down to Fort DeSoto. Well, guess what happens? Now there are like 86 million raccoons in Fort DeSoto who've learned to chew their way into any kind of cooler. I don't care what you spend on it. it they got all night to chew on that thing. Yep. Yep. And I remember coming around one night, coming off the pier, and my headlights when I went across the field there by the fort. Dude, it looked like something out of a horror movie. It was just like eyes everywhere. So I was like, wait a minute. Boom, hit him with the high beams. And it was probably 150 raccoons out there. Get ready to go swamp onto the pier for all the you know <laughs> garbage, squid, fish, stuck. bait. Yeah, yeah and that, that's that's the reason they made this rule. You have to either kill them on the premises, or you have to take them to a rehabilitation center. That most of them won't take them. Well, of course not. It's a non-native. It's a non-native well, species here. So that, it's one of those other ones that it's an invasive when, species. When people were talking about trapping armadillos, I, there was a guy I talked to. They would take bull fence and they would cut it off so that they'd have the spikes sitting from one of the things and they'd make funnels and actually funnel that dang armadillo into a box trap which then they'd be able to catch them yeah but they were using the edges as as funnels yeah because they're blind yeah i say use a 10 gauge three and a half yeah (laughs) number three shot i've done that
22. That way you but. that way you get rid of them and you fertilize the lawn at the same time. Here comes the emails. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next Saturday. Brady Gun at <laughs> BiggerWild.com. It is the Bigger Wild, and we'll see you next Saturday. Go enjoy your weekend. It's going to be beautiful. We'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.